to not be afraid, you know, live, live, live while you're here and live to love and to share. Welcome to the Jeff Mara podcast. If you are listening to this podcast in your car or on your iPhone or wherever, I just want to let you know that there is a video of this on the Jeff Mara podcast channel. If you want to see the video, be sure to go to the Jeff Mara podcast on YouTube. Today's guest is Amber Celestial Angel. She is a certified angel intuitive practitioner, medium, angelic life coach, divine mother archetype, animal communication guide, and mother to three boys. She works with the divine angels and archangels in all of her practices, and she is a regular conduit for Mother Mary. She has always been a medium, but couldn't open up with many people about it. It was during her near-death experience that she was told to come out and share this. Amber, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you coming on my show. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. All right, so the majority of my audience is really into near-death experiences, and I know that you've been having stuff going on your whole life, which we'll get to, or at least since childhood, but let's start with your near-death experience and perhaps we can just start like on the day of your near-death experience and tell us what happened. Okay, yes. So I was diagnosed with a postpartum preeclampsia. Okay. And it's a rare condition. Uh, delivery of the baby is, the, is how you cure it pretty much. And so when you have postpartum, it, it is like most people, 99% death rate. Most people don't live through it. Mm. So... I ended up in the hospital. I was diagnosed with this um, condition. It's like your organs swell, um, high blood pressure and go into stroke and or death. You know, it's pretty much, you know, I had a 185 over 140 blood pressure. And so I was rushed upstairs and um, the machine stopped working. So, I mean, they put me on a machine And those machines stopped working. They couldn't um, read very much. So they had to manually start taking my blood pressure. And it was still so high despite the medicine they were putting in. Um, So then I was kind of out of it at this point um, in like kind of this zone. How leading up to it, how it happened is I was, um, I had this severe headache and I couldn't see. Like everything was like, I couldn't open my eyes. It was so bright. And my husband was like, okay, we need to take you to the hospital. And actually, even before that, I had taken a really long nap in which I don't usually do, but you know, I just had a baby. It was like three days later. And so I thought, oh, that's probably normal, but turns out it wasn't. And I remember laying there actually with my son, my newborn and thinking I could just die right here. Like, I feel so at peace. And like later on thinking about having that thought, it's kind of weird because I I don't know why I had the thought, but I did. And so back to when, or forward to, I guess, however you want to say it, um, in the hospital. So it just kind of things were fading in and out. But I remember the doctor kind of coming in and he puts his robe on real fast. And he's like, we've got to get you on this treatment because this is the only thing that might help. And usually I'm a questionable person. Like, what is this? What are you doing? But I just kind of just surrendered and felt like, okay. And I remember, um, that's how it started. Do you want me to go into the the rest now? Well, okay. So that's how it started. You sounded like you were saying you were fading in and out. Yes. And then what happened next? Did you just all of a sudden go unconscious or all of a sudden your consciousness was just somewhere else or what happened? So the last, well, I got wheeled down into the room, a very dark room, like mm-hmm. very, there were no windows or anything. It was dark. And still at this point, their machines weren't working. They tried me to hook me up to a, another machine and it still just wasn't working, but they had this treatment going. And yes, I was just kind of in and out like here, but tired, like just very um, abnormally tired. Like, like I would, could just fade, I mm-hmm. guess is how I could explain it. 
and my husband was with me and he, at some point the doctor said, um, you could go home, you know, why don't you go home, get some rest? And I agreed and said, yeah, cause at this point he had, we had been there like a day or night. I mean, time was just very, I'm not sure about the time, but it was about, you know, a night and they told him, go home with the baby, get some rest. And, and so I agreed, yeah, let's get some rest. And then at that point is when I kind of would say I faded all the way mm-hmm. and started having my experience. Did you still have that in the hospital or when you got home? Yep. I was in the hospital still. Oh, okay. I was still, still in, the, in hospital. the hospital. Right. Yeah. So it started with. Um, most things I can put into like a time frame, I guess, or an order, but a lot of it seemed like at the same time, like there was no space time. It's kind of like it all kind of went together, but how it started is I was kind of, I could see in the corner. And when I say this, I see like outside of my body, see, like I wasn't quite in my body and I've had like an out of body experience. And this was very different from that. It's like, It's like, I don't know. I was very outside of my body in a way. But I see in the corner some past loved ones and actually mostly his past loved ones. Like I saw his dad and some other uh, past loved ones that looked like him and that, that I'd recognize in a picture from him now, like after the fact. And some light beings in which these I come to find are angels, but they're actually just light. They're like a frequency of light. And later on, you know, now I kind of put a, put a picture with them, I guess, but to begin with, um, they were just light Mm. and it's also a feeling that went with it because with my second son, and it was the third, I had the near death experience with, but my second son, I started receiving, um, messages and I would write them down. Like I do automatic writing mm-hmm. and I ha- I would have a feeling and, you know, I'd ask, who is this? What is this? And they were saints and angels and I'm not religious. And we could go into that at some point too. I'm mm-hmm. still not, even despite being <laughs> seeing angels and being a conduit of mother Mary really. But, um, so I, that feeling matched this frequency or vibration, you know, this seeing now I could actually see, what this looked like, I guess. And should I keep going right on into sure, it? Sure, keep going. All right. Okay, so the next thing I was kind of in like this, I well, I saw this kind of darkness. Actually, I guess some people refer to it as a void. I think it's kind of the same thing. Um, but it was very, it was dark, like gray, and had just these dark figures and just kind of darkness in a way. And I didn't really have feeling there, like feeling through most of this until I reached the big spot, which I'll talk about, but it was just mostly, I was just, I said, I'm not going to that place. (laughs) Like as I went through this place, I had the angels and mother Mary was like me but outside of me, like she was guiding me and I was in this place mm-hmm. and the angels, but not really guiding me. They were more like just with me. They mm-hmm. weren't telling me where to go or showing me they were just with me and I would make these choices. And so I passed by this dark shadowy place and just saw some things and figures, shapes. And I just said, I'm not going there. Like, let's just pass on by there. And then we end up um, at this place that was very light, like, or very vibrant in color. So, and they're not colors like on earth, like neon colors are close to it, but not near as like how it actually looked or felt and was in that place. Mm -hmm. And it was just like beautiful colors, shapes, um, butterflies, like these butterflies that looked so vibrant and colorful, like, fluorescent it was just beautiful mm-hmm. and there I was like wow this is beautiful and um and so 
actually during this time is when I heard the song start playing, which is uh, Tim McGraw's Humble and Kind. Hmm. And I kind of thought, you know, I didn't really think in this place, but it, it seemed a little strange, like after the fact, like, huh. And come to find out later on when my husband uh, came back to the hospital. Well, actually, it was after that because I didn't tell him about this for probably maybe a month or so, like what I had experienced, you know. It's kind of a shock, and you're even putting it all together. But I said, I heard the song during my near-death experience. I told him, like, I didn't call it a near-death experience then, but what I had visioned and saw that I heard the song. And he said, wow, I heard that song in a car. Like I thought it was in a car next to me because I've heard this faint song like playing, but I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. So I think it might've been the same space time that we had heard the song, which is very odd. Cause I mean, I didn't know it very well, but I kind of heard it, but anyway, so that was a very profound experience and we had a lot of connection with that. And now I play it almost every day for my kids because it, it obviously meant something, I feel. Hmm. And so that was very cool. Then we went to, then I went to, okay, I said, I really don't want to die yet. I'm not really ready. I'd like to see my kids grow up. You know, I, I want to be with my family. I want to see my kids grow up. And could you please just let me live to see my kids? And then they showed me, which I like to call now as the life review. They showed me my kids older. You know, they showed me these birthdays and just just random events of of the kids there when they're older. And I kind of giggled about it. And I'm like, okay, well, well, if that's what I get, then I guess I have to be grateful. And I feel like in that moment, I really learned like being grateful and that gratitude of you know, never knowing, and it could just end at any moment. And I feel like that, that really grounded me into that gratefulness. Mm -hmm. And I said, Okay, if that's what I get, I'll be grateful. And thank you so much for showing me all that. But I'd still like to really live, you know, I'd still like to live. Sure. And yeah. And then that's this. I'm not quite sure the placement of this and I'll come back to it after this um, place that I went. I then went to this just bright light. Like all it was is just light and this beautiful, beautiful, unconditional loving feeling just came through all of me, but I wasn't a form. I had no form. You know, I was just one with it. Mm -hmm. We were one in this unconditional love is all I can explain it as. And I didn't really have thought. I mean, nothing was there except just love. And then eventually I came to and came out and I was here on earth. And within either after that or before, this is where I'm not sure, I was actually guided on how to heal my brain. Like I saw bleeding in my brain and... I was, it was a very weird experience. Like it was like hands, but not hands, but like this energy coming through and telling me you need to, you need to clear your brain of blood. Like, and I could see it, like I could see it in there. And they're like, you need to heal yourself, heal it. But they kind of showed me how as well, or it I guess I'm not sure they or it, mm -hmm. but it, it just kind of guided me. And I was mm -hmm. sucking this blood like out of my brain and just, and clearing it all out and healing it, pretty much healing it all. And, and then I was here and I guess everything, you know, I kind of had some health issues after that, that I had to kind of deal with and still kind of deal with, mm -hmm. but yeah. That's pretty much my experience. Well, it sounds like you had an NDE to me. Let me ask you a few things about it. First of all, you said you weren't religious. Can you describe and tell us how did you realize that Mother Mary was with you? Well, actually, this is, this is kind of <laughs> odd, but 
So my life growing up, I kind of was in Christianity a little bit, but mm-hmm. I didn't know too much. You know, I feel like it was kind of my escape. That's how I'd explain it is mm-hmm. um, I had kind of a harder childhood mm-hmm. and I went to church, but I feel like it was more so my escape to be around other people to, to you know, get away from my home life, really. Right. And I was growing up, I was a... Like, I just, I just didn't believe until I saw, you know, I wasn't atheist. I wasn't, I wasn't anything. If anything, I, I liked, I was most attracted to Buddhism, you know, Mm -hmm. opening up the mind and being aware and this kind of stuff, but I was no religion and it was, and I didn't tell many people about it. Like, Mm -hmm. cause I always had visions or um, premonitions, Mm -hmm. but because I was shamed kind of as a child, I didn't really bring that up to many people. Some people knew like I'd see apparitions and stuff like that, but it wasn't like I went around telling people or like I was even comfortable with it because I didn't know what it was, but Mm -hmm. it was when I was pregnant with my second, I like to say when I was pregnant with my second, he like tuned me back in. Like when I was pregnant with my second, he, that's when I started the automatic writing and receiving these messages. And I would get these messages from, what I now know as saints or archangels. So I, it's funny. Mm. One of the messages I, I was writing, my first one was from Archangel Michael. Mm -hmm. And from there it was various saints, uh, archangels. And at one point, mother Mary, she was one of the first ones who started coming through. And I said, well, I know that name. Like, that's just crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to list like, that's crazy. Mother Mary, even though I didn't quite, I don't even, didn't know her story or anything. Um, I knew the name, you know? Yeah. And then, so then I got to St. Joseph. And so I started writing what St. Joseph said and, and then come to find out Joseph was mother Mary's husband. Right. And I didn't know that. So then I thought, okay, well, I guess I could listen to mother Mary. And so then I started receiving the messages from her and my husband grew up as Catholic. So as I was getting all this information, I was telling him, hey, do you know who this person is, who this one is, this one? And he would say, he'd know most of them. And he'd say, yeah, that was the one who did this and that and that. And I was like, wow. And, you know, I'd look it up online. Who is Michael? Because they would say, you know, saints, angels. Mm-hmm. And so I knew nothing about most of these beings mm-hmm. until after my NDE after the NDE even, mm-hmm. or well, my second, but even then I didn't know too much. You know, I still mm-hmm. wasn't quite sure who all these saints and angels were. Mm-hmm. So that's the story with that. Can you help me clear up something? I mean, this is probably going to be silly to maybe you and probably everybody listening. I didn't really grow up in a religious household, but what is the difference between an angel and an archangel? So archangels are just, you have some main archangels who they're like, I guess there's different levels. So if you think of on a frequency, on kind of a light or frequency level, there are different, I guess, steps. I don't know how you want to explain it, but um, different, just different frequencies or energies that they carry. Mm Mm-hmm. So there are um, more angels that are more about illumination. So, right, this would be knowledge, passing knowledge and things like that. Mm -hmm. And archangels are kind of this bridge of um, information as well, but they're more so like helping on the journey, Mm -hmm. like embodying of a certain archangel Mm -hmm. or calling on a certain archangel to come through to help with certain things. So like Archangel Michael is protection. That's his biggest thing, kind of protection and warrior. That's his status, I guess, if you'd say. And then you have um, angels who are of like illumination, who give much knowledge. And then you have like angels who are just pretty much, you know, guardian angels, angels who are just with you in a kind of more loving sense, I guess, in a more guidance sense. Do you feel like when you're communicating with either angels, archangels, Mother Mary, that 
it's not like you hear them communicating. It's like all of a sudden they like implant their voice within your consciousness. Yep. That's pretty much it. Like it's not, not a hearing on this level. It's more Mm. like a, yes, telepathic kind of thing. Mm. Um, Just um, come to find out, I guess I didn't know this, but in my birth chart from people who do astrology and all that stuff, I'm kind of, I'm kind of just a regular, that's how I'm a medium. Like I'm an, I'm an open portal. Mm -hmm. So I've had to actually learn to like to only say, I only allow this in and don't allow this in. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of how it works. Yeah. It's more like a telepathic or like kind of, um, just, yeah, just comes through in that kind of way. Mm. Sounded like you said that the angels look kind of like light beings. Did mother Mary also look like a light being? And then you just felt the, the energy of her and said, Oh, this is who's been communicating. Or did she look kind of saintly woman? Like, how would you describe her? Yeah, so she um, she was she just had a different feeling. So I, I it's kind of hard to explain. It's like a feeling with all the other senses, like um, hearing, feeling, not really taste or smell. I guess right. senses outside of our normal senses we know as mm-hmm. humans. Mm-hmm. But she carried a different frequency. Like her light felt different. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just was a little higher. And I don't know how to explain that except that a little higher. Right. Um, and I say that she, during my NDE, gifted me the divine mother archetype. So she really, she ended up saying like, I am you, you are me, like you are too on an earthly plane kind of spread that divine mother energy again, like Mm -hmm. bring back that divine mother energy. And, um, and so it was different than the other angels and Mm -hmm. come to find out. And I didn't know this either. Mother Mary was known as the queen of angels. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Her and Archangel Michael were the first for me. And also the angels, um, had given me a premonition of my NDE, but I didn't realize that's what it was Mm -hmm. until after the fact, like later on, I went back in my journal and I was reading and they had told me certain things like eat dates to make the womb healthy, like be prepared for change. I kind of got these messages and I didn't know what they meant at the time, but looking back, I thought, well, I saw and connected and like, well, okay, that must have meant <laughs> that was my sign. They were trying to keep me healthy and know I was going to go through this, but I guess it was meant to be, you know, it was meant to be. I believe that you mentioned that it was during your near death experience that that's when you were told to come out and share the other things that had been going on with your life. Can you tell me about that? Yes. So like I said, I was very shut down and shunned and, you know, told that's not real. Get that, you know, none of that's real. You're crazy. You know, I'm not really crazy, but like um, just very put down for visions, dreams that I would have my childhood. Mm. And so I was afraid to really say anything about it after my NDE or during it, it was like, I I was just to embody this and say, you know, this is you, you need to share this. Mm -hmm. You can communicate with us. You can see us, you know? Mm -hmm. And so after that, I just kept in communication. I just kept taking notes and I kept, um, well, not notes, but automatic writing and Mm -hmm. kept on the communication, the connection Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I had to do mentoring to figure out what is all this? Mm-hmm. What do I do? Where do I go? Like, <laughs> so I ended up doing that. And that's what, how I became certified angel intuitive practitioner. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was a journey, like figuring out what it all meant still. But I just knew and they instilled this in me, like, you have this gift and you need to share it. You need to share your experience. You need to share all the things you feel, know, see, hear, and just to pass it on pretty much. Hmm. Since you were already pretty spiritual and doing other stuff before this, besides what you just said, 
what other ways did you change after your NDE? Oh, wow. <laughs> I really stepped into who I was. That's the biggest thing. Really mm-hmm. stepped into who I was. Um, and really no fear of death. I mean, mm-hmm. that's probably one of the biggest things I took away was, you know, feeling like to come back and I'm here to, you know, just try and say, try let everyone know that there really shouldn't be a fear, that it's okay. Like where we end up is a beautiful place or coming back, you know, if sometimes we need to come back and relearn things, go through things, but it's nothing to be afraid of and just live while we're here. Like be you, be your true self while you're here because you might just keep coming back until you do, you know, we have these, these are a purpose. Everybody has a purpose and a reason for being like, it really is not, for nothing. We're not just a grain of sand and among so many things, like we really are here to be ourselves and spread. It's like, like when we fully embody who we are, then everybody else is affected and sees that and wants to be who they, it's like, you know, this beacon of light and expanding that to where it becomes you know, you're serving others because you're yourself. Now you had already been a medium, right? Can yes. you tell, can you recall and tell us what it was like when you had your very first medium experience? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, well, I guess like my first experience, I remember as a child and I, I had a dream or vision of, of this kind of dark entity. And I was living in a Christian home, actually. Well, like a home that, that was religious. Mm-hmm. And I, that's was when I came out and I told, I started telling the pastor who was there and, you know, then it kind of went around like wild tire. Oh, she said this, she had this dream. And, and some people came up and started asking me like, well, what did you see? What did you, what was it like? And I was very young, like, I guess about 10 maybe. Mm -hmm. And this was the last, you know, what I remember. And, and so I kind of didn't know what to do. I'm like, well, I saw this, you know, it was just kind of normal. Like I just saw this, but then because I was raised in this family, you know, my my mom, who was there some of my childhood, but mostly not until we went to this place. Um, you know, I was just really shamed for it. She said, are you, are you just trying to get attention? Mm-hmm. And just very like, you're lying and kind of this stuff. And, and so I was like, from there, I really didn't say much anymore. Right. I still had things. I still had dreams and premonitions, but I just didn't share it. You know, so that was something I had to heal later on, like mm-hmm. getting over this hump of, be who you are. And that's really what my ND told me and taught me a lot of what it was. So that was my first. Okay. If you don't want to talk about it, it's okay. Do you mind sharing like what your life was like uh, as a child? Yeah, I can share. Mm. Yes. So, yep. I had divorced parent. Well, uh, I don't think they they weren't actually ever married, Mm -hmm. but I mostly grew up with my grandma. And, um, my dad really wasn't around my mom, like I said, was there for a short while, but she was kind of in and out and then there for a short while trying to be better, trying to, you know, be a mom and take care of me and my brother. And so she really wasn't around much. So when we did go to this Christian home, then another, after that one, we kind of went to another one where I think that was for her to, you know, try and stay straight. She was, um, you know, she was abusive and she, she wasn't really there. Mm -hmm. And, um, I ended up taking care of my brother a lot actually. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that was, that's pretty much it. And then, so I, we were only with her a couple years and then I was adopted and my brother was adopted. Mm -hmm. But I got to stay with family, actually. I was adopted by my dad's 
parents. And so that's where I stayed. And actually they were a lot more accepting. You know, I, I would still have dreams and say things and let people know, and they were very much more accepting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still kind of odd. You know, I was still kind of like, I'd say things, but then I would shut down like, okay, maybe I shouldn't share this because people might think something of me. (laughs) And so, yeah, it took a lot for me to grow out of that and really get into who I am. And that only happened after the NDE, but with my second son, I mean, They've told me that he, that when I say they, for me, I usually mean the angels. Like that's my main communication. Um, that, that he kind of tuned me up. Like I was meant to do this stuff. I was meant to be who I am. I was meant to share, mm-hmm. you know, the mediumship, the visions I have. I was meant to, that's what I'm here for. Right. So sometimes the whole point is you die so that you can come back and fulfill that role. Mm-hmm. And, um, so he tuned me in and I started really opening up more and he's very, very in tune as well. Mm -hmm. So he kind of got me back into that and I still was afraid to share it with people after that. Most people besides my husband, Mm -hmm. um, I was still pretty afraid. So, you know, then after that with my third, I had the NDE and, and I've been fulfilling that role since pretty much. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you say that you are a medium, would you say that you let other spirits take over your body and speak through you? Is that what a medium is or not? Well, yeah, pretty much. It's like, uh, I like to use the word, yeah, conduit. Like you come through mm-hmm. and, you know, different people have different ways of doing it. They might speak through it. I pretty much automatic, right? You know, I have the writing that I do. Um, yeah, it's pretty much, you just, that's why I say also it's important what you allow in, mm-hmm. you know, I really feel since this has happened too, I've had to learn protection, mm-hmm. uh, learning what you will allow and won't allow in. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, it's pretty much, you know, when I get in that mode, the angels are coming through and I'm just writing what they say or mother Mary or even Yeshua which may be known as Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I have through him as well. And Buddha, you know, I, I just allow different, only higher frequency beings, which if you want to call them aliens, I mean, but there it's like mm-hmm. when you consider alien, you know, it's like just foreign to us. Right. right. So these could be considered that right. everything is on like a frequency basis, you know, on a, on a, That's the only way I can really explain it, like a a frequency, a tuning. Do you have people that come to you and just say, you know, hey, Amber, my uncle died two weeks ago, or my mother died, or my brother died, or whoever. Um, Can you communicate with them for me and see if they're, you know, they're okay or anything? Or do you really not want to deal with those, you know, they may be lower energy people that you don't really want to let in? Yes, I have done that. Um... I kind of leave that I have been, been, you know, asked and I have sent some over. There have been some that have been stuck and I have sent some over. Mm -hmm. Um, I know and feel like they've kind of let me know, like, that's not exactly your area, but if you're asked, you can do it. (laughs) So, yes. And that's really what I started out with after the experience. I mean, I would go around and tell people, you know, your past loved one said this and that I had to learn, like, you just don't go say that. Like you gotta, you gotta, you know, allow people that option, Mm -hmm. you know? So that was kind of one of my first lessons. Like, don't just go telling people (laughs) their past loved ones are coming through and stuff. Do you ever get communication even when you're not wanting to have communication? Like it, it sounded like you were saying that you kind of get into a certain energy and then you allow things to happen. But does it ever just happen out of the blue? Like, you know, you see somebody on the street and then all of a sudden you get communication about a certain person or anything like that? Yep. So that really did. That's how, you know, what first started happening. I would just really pick up on these energies after, like I said, kind of mentoring and going through that. Like, what is this? Mm -hmm. I came to, you know, realize that some people don't really want that. You know, some people 
that's kind of like an in interference in a way or like um that it, that they may not want that communication they may not want to hear from that person so i really had to learn like that not to do that so right. i kind of set this boundary of not allowing very much through you know kind of setting this boundary like not allowing much through unless i'm asked or unless it's you know they really, really, really stress like, okay, you really need to give this message, which doesn't happen too often. So mm-hmm. it's just, I guess, not an intrusion in someone into someone's space or energy, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize it was, but it can come off like that. So I pretty much try and shut that out, close it off unless mm-hmm. I'm asked or really have a strong message to go through. How did you become an angelic life coach? Well, that kind of came with, um, with all that I do. So I started just really reaching out and learning about, you know, how can I help people? What can I offer? I guess that was the next thing. What can I do now to be of service then? And, uh, yeah, so I ended up just creating a platform of people to come and it's, you know, I, I call it like counseling or therapy, Mm -hmm. but in a more natural way, in a more spiritual way. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's pretty much uh, what it is. Just getting guidance from your angels, people's angels who are specifically coming through and being the beacon for the angelic energy to spread, you know, for people need that guidance. Do you feel that everybody has angels watching over them? Yes. I think there's different forms, of course. Um, I don't know if you've heard of like different beings or energies like starseed, angelic, like these different kind of, there are different um, Andromedan, like all these different kind of where we first started from. Right. Right. So it's very, it's a very weird story. Have you heard about it? Mm -mm. (laughs) I remember the name Starseed um, from a long time ago, but I can't remember exactly what that was about. Or it was maybe just someone had a, had a name like that, but I don't think I know what you're speaking about. Something completely different. Yeah. So as we come from creator, right? God or creator, the, the pure source, we come as a consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so some are from certain consciousnesses, an angel, a star seed, these different kind of um, consciousnesses from the creator. So it's like our kind of our mission stays the same throughout lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And eventually we return to that pure love state. And so with the angels, there are different types. Like everybody has pretty much a guardian angel, Mm -hmm. you know, this that is with them through their lifetime. No matter what you may have come from, your creation was from in the beginning. And it's very weird, like beginning, end, what is that? Because it's all just intermingled, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and it deals with consciousness mm-hmm. pretty much. What made me curious about time was that you said in your NDE, um, you saw the future. And I kind of feel like when you leave this three-dimensional place that we're in, it's a manipulation of space and time and that you're in a place where there is no time. But what I found was fascinating and I thought before is that let's say if you want to reincarnate, you can reincarnate into the future or into the past or now or whatever. And you were already shown the future. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, like I guess when you talk about interdimensional, people will talk about interdimensional that, um, yeah, we can live in different times, dimensions at the same time. Mm-hmm. But all that's so very like 
not really scientific scientific is more evidential but Mm -hmm. it's it's really like mind-blowing when you start going into that stuff and thinking of that stuff but it does happen i mean it does happen and i don't know your viewers mindset or anything like that but um there is kind of a reincarnation cycle and i know it kind of goes against what some religions view and things like that but to me you know i was pretty much told that we relive until we learn our lessons until we step into our soul our truth and and embody that and eventually you know bring that heaven to earth right that's what i was really told bringing that heaven to earth through the heart a heart center mm-hmm. and we're to you know just live in love and happy and in a in a i was really shown family community cosmos which cosmos they mean connection of heaven and earth and us and all as one mm-hmm. so yes <laughs> it appears that you are already having communication with beings before the nde and then the nde it's like you pierce the veil into the other reality And so since you did that, do you think it's opened you up to even more communication? Like, have you been able to communicate even more since that? Yes. Oh, yes, I think so. I don't know if it's more so more or just that I I realized that it's okay. Hmm. You know, um, I was very still reserved and like, what is this? What's going on? And didn't really allow too much. But during the NDE and after, I mean, I really just opened up a lot more and allowed more, you know, to, um, you know, say it's okay. It is okay to, to allow this, but then of course, then what you allow, what you don't, then you learn all that. But yeah, I, it, it either, it definitely heightened. I would definitely say that like I got more of a better kind of discernment, better um guide navigation tool but yeah so it definitely heightened that's for sure yeah maybe since you were more open to it and not ashamed of it or i'm not sure if that's the right word but since you were more open to it then it became easier for you and you felt more comfortable yes so let's go here um what kind of services do you offer people Well, I mostly do healing sessions um, through the angelic energy um, and also angelic life coaching, animal communication, um, past loved ones or animals, guides coming through to show people, you know, what, where they should be going. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much it. I also have a podcast. I work with mothers a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, mothers getting into their purpose and have a podcast for moms, like show all moms. Oh, great. You know, everyone can get to this place of um, divinity, mm-hmm. I guess, of, of love and truth and embodying that kind of beautiful energy. Mm-hmm. All right. What is your podcast called and what is the best way for people to reach you? That podcast is Motherly Love and I have a YouTube, Amber Celestial Angel and AmberCelestialAngel.com shows all my services, all that stuff. I'm pretty much Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, Patreon. I have a Patreon at Amber Celestial Angel is pretty much where I can be found. All right. Let me catch a couple questions here. First one is, do you believe in fate? And by the way, there was a, with that question is a nice compliment. And it says, by the way, you have pretty hair. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so I guess I believe in destiny. We're supposed to reach a certain, a certain place. Now, time is irrelevant. You know, when that all happens is unforetold, you know, because you could come back and keep having to figure it out until you finally figure it out until you finally reach your destiny, which is, you know, creating being that heaven on earth, being who you are, who your soul yearns for. And within that, I feel like every, there's a lot of just free will, you know, you kind of, 
your choices are your choices, but ultimately you're supposed to, you end up at a certain destination. Okay. Here's another one. What are your thoughts about reincarnation? Yes. So, yep. I do believe in reincarnation. Um, kind of like I said, that we kind of go through this until we get it right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, say it exactly like that, but until you finally reach that kind of destiny, you kind of, mm-hmm. you keep coming back to learn, you know, that earth as a school kind of thing, keep coming back to learn. Um, and also just reiterate or sharing that it's kind of that mix that we've got to be connected to that source, the God source, the love source, the unconditional love, great spirit. If you want to use the native terms, like having that, but also being grounded here in the 3d, like where we are here and, and bringing them together and still living life, you know, not taking it for granted, being here present in the moment, but with this beautiful guidance here with us to help us along the way. So, yeah. Hmm. Do you believe in soul groups? You mean like um, people who are or souls that come back together or right. like go together? Right. Yep. Yep. So I was actually shown like how the soul works. Hmm. Um. I have a drawing of it. It's not very good because I'm not a good drawer, but so we have the soul and they kind of show me this soul, one main kind of soul. And around it, we have these different kind of things the soul spreads out to. So these different lives that the soul has lived, but there's one main soul. And yep, we have these people that come with us or people these souls that come with us through lifetimes and um, we pick up more along the way and kind of, yeah, we rekindle and kind of regroup and somehow, you know, you know, that feeling where you just, you feel you've known this person before you've known them your whole life, or there's just something there that you have this connection and to me, that's the soul remembering. It's about remembering who we are and our soul, what our soul is here to do, what we're here um, to accomplish this time. And all, all in all, it's accomplishing love and accomplishing um, family love and that connection. Yeah, I think some people, the way they um, talk about it is like, okay, this life, I'm going to be your brother. You'll be my sister. Next life, okay, I'm going to be your father. You'll be my daughter. And they kind of like keep taking different roles, but they're all together like over and over again. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. I haven't like actually asked or have much experience, but I do um, know they have told me like we reincarnate together or, you know, if someone passes during your lifetime, they may come back still during your lifetime just as, someone else. Um, so yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, I know some people talk about that, that, um, that you choose your whole life, right? Like choose every single thing that's going to happen in your life. And you have this choice, which actually I've been kind of guided that, that that's true to a sense, but then there's free will. So if somebody else chooses something else, there's, there's, or we choose something else that maybe we really didn't listen to our intuition for, um, that there's still that free will. So basic things like when you're born and kind of things like that, but even that can get messed up. So, so a lot is really free will based, uh, but you do have a destiny or ultimate thing, what you're supposed to reach. (laughs) Do you think that we have the choice to be reborn or do you think it's possible that we're forced to be reborn? Well, actually, I think it's both. Um, I think that we have forgotten. Well, kind of both. I think some souls choose to be reborn over and over and over again. Uh, They want to 
almost in a way be God. So continue to live over and over and over again. And because they don't want to terminate or end that, you know, maybe from fear is what it stems from. But also I feel like um, just as people who don't recognize that and most don't is we've kind of been just led astray of who we really are and what our soul is really destined to be and what really is out there. So we've kind of been put in this box. I can, I use this earlier, this box of, you know, don't look outside, don't look outside this box, you know, just listen to what you're told, you're, con- you're conditioned to be. And that actually ends up kind of making people come back by accident, I guess, over and over because they're, you know, not really awakening to who they are, that potential. And, and again, a lot of this is stemmed from fear, Mm. from afraid of hell, or, you know, what's going to happen if I don't follow these rules, what's going to happen if so, you know, then the kind of recycling happens until you finally wake up to who you are and, and seeing that. Do you have anything that you're working on that you want everybody to know about? Oh, um, not, not particularly lately. I still put out my podcasts. Um, I do have, I have one coming up on the 30th hollows Eve. I mean, I've got a little, uh, live going on then as well. And pretty much just, if there's any moms out there who want to, I have a course for moms to kind of get on track, get in their purpose. Um, and at healing sessions I do with anybody. So that's always there as an option um, just to remember who you are, kind of get that healing in to step into your highest and best potential self. Okay. Before we wrap it up here, do you have one last message that you would like to give to the audience before we go? Yeah. So I guess, um, to not be afraid, you know, live, live, live while you're here and live to love and to share with each other. And really, this is how we get to the higher levels of each other is, is being open, taking that step to live in love and not be afraid of anything outside that's happening, really, just to know that when that happens, when death happens or when it's time that it's, you know, the consciousness, the memory that really holds a lot and remembering your loved ones, even while we're here and holding that in your heart, knowing they're never really gone and that you always have beings. You always have energies here to help you. You know, the angels, your guardian angels are always here. Um, of course, the main one, our loving, unconditional source is always here to guide. It's just being open to receive and see the messages that are coming through, the synchronicities. They're always showing up. And to just, yeah, live in love and not be afraid. Thank you for that message. All right, Amber, thank you very much for being a guest. I really appreciate it. I wish you massive success in your life and in everything you do. And I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you. You as well.